Hello everyone, and welcome back to the podcast where I interview different people about what it means to fail. Hello everyone, and welcome back. I'm here with Jana El Salhi. Jana, do you want to tell me a little bit about yourself? Oh my gosh, I'd love to. First, thank you for having me. Um, I don't know where to start. Uh, I am in my fourth year of political science at the U of A. Um, I've been playing the cello since I was six. I've been playing soccer since I was a kid. I like trying foods from different cultures. Yeah, that's like a little bit about me. Okay, that sounds pretty cool. What have you, like, it sounds like you've tried kind of a bunch of different things. How has that been? It's been good. I've always been the kind of person who likes to keep busy. And I kind of have enjoyed having some diversity in the things that I like to do in like every aspect of my life. I just think it keeps things interesting. Yeah, I probably agree. So you've tried a bunch of different things. Have you always been good at the different things that you've tried? No. Oh my gosh, no. Definitely not. Um, I think that I've always just been kind of into certain things for for the funsies. Like I just wanted to do it because I found it fun. Um, and it was very evident, especially when I was really young, that I was not super good at soccer and I was definitely not very good at the cello but at the same time I recognized that it was just based off of the effort that I put in so when I was a kid I didn't really care that much like I wasn't doing it because I wanted to be great I was just doing it because I thought it was fun and interesting and then as I kind of grew up I realized that I felt like I kind of wasted some of that time like maybe I could have just been a lot better now if I put a little bit more effort in when I had the time to but no I definitely was not <laughs> always good at them okay it sounds like maybe you approach like new things by like he mentioned like wanting to have fun. Do you think that like relates to like a lot of aspects about your life? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Like everything that I've done, I've always wanted to do because I wanted to do it. Anything secondary to that like oh, this is going to look good on an application or this is just something that I can talk about. Like those were always secondary or tertiary kind of benefits. I would never, and I don't think I have ever, signed up for anything or, like, started an activity or a project or done anything like that without initially just actually wanting to do it. That's actually, that's pretty cool, I think. I don't know, it's like, (laughs) it's nice to hear that and that doing it for an application or because it would look good isn't kind of the main reason to do something. Yeah. And I think it's obvious when people do have that as their goal. Not that that's even something bad necessarily. Like, obviously, we need things on our resume. We need things to be able to talk about. Um, But I think it can be very obvious if someone's doing something. Like, for example, like, I volunteer a lot, too. And I have volunteered with people who are very evidently just doing it for, like, a title on a resume. And I... I'm like hyper aware of that and even if there's a moment where I'm like oh gosh like I really don't want to do this meeting right now I just recognize that I'm doing it for you know it's bigger than me it's bigger than me in that moment and I am doing something like that's more important than an hour of my time one day so yeah I've never liked the idea of just doing something for like a title yeah yeah definitely have you had to do something just for titles before in the past 
I don't think that I've had to, I've obviously like, it sounds nice. Like it sounds nice to be like, I am president of this club or I'm responsible for this thing. And it gets fun, obviously, to be able to be like, this is something that I put a lot of work into. And here's a fun title that I get to call my own that comes out of the end of it. But I don't think that I've ever been forced into a situation where I'm like, okay, I'm just going to do this just for the sake of, you know, having someone do the role, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, it does. You mentioned that you're in political science. Do you, like, you have a lot of fun with that? Oh, absolutely. I love political science. I think a lot of people think of it as, like, kind of an acquired taste, but I really like it. Um, And I think it's more than what people make of it initially. Like, I know for a fact, like, everyone, myself included, everyone that I know in political science I guess, sees it as much more than just like, what's the government doing right now? Like, it's so much deeper than that. And I find that everything in our lives is political or can be made political. Um, So I think that I'm really happy studying it. Like, I think it's really interesting. And I find something that I think is like a really good thing. And it's very reassuring to know that I kind of chose the right degree is outside of the classroom. I'll like notice the same concepts we're learning about or like structures that we're talking about in just everyday life. So I like that being able to materially see the connection between what I'm studying and what I'm living. Yeah, definitely. That sounds like you've definitely made the right choice for you, I would think. (laughs) Um, Has it ever been hard, your degree? Yes, absolutely. I, I love a paper. I love to write papers, but sometimes it's just like, it can be a lot of work um and it's it's the kind of work that you can't just sit down and do an exam like I guess depending on the class but for the majority of all of the classes that I've taken in my degree it's been more like here's a rather large paper assignment that you're gonna have to spread out over a couple of weeks and I sometimes find that work to be a little bit challenging because maybe I won't have an idea for like a week and then I'm like, oh, gosh, I have so, so little time left. And then I might stress myself out. But the the end result is always something that I'm super proud of. So even if it's like a little hard, and even if I might at times feel overwhelmed with the amount of readings or writing that I have to do, the end result is always quite gratifying. Okay, yeah, it's good to... Yeah. How has it evolved from maybe like the beginning of university? Um, I've grown a lot as a person, but I've also kind of discovered a work style that I think works really well for me. In my first two years of university, like first year is first year for everyone, but second year, especially with like COVID and everything, I kind of like lost a sense of how I wanted to approach my degree. And there were moments where it felt more like I'm just doing this because it's like a box I have to check to get a degree. Um, And I hated that feeling because I've always been the kind of person who loves school. I'm a big nerd, so I've always really liked school. So that moment during COVID, like in second year and my second year, when all I felt like I was doing was just like getting things done, not necessarily like getting something out of it, that was really hard. And it was very much reflected in like the grades that I was getting and I just, I, I hated that. So in my third year last year, I was like, no, we have to fix this. You have to reconnect with why you're doing this, why you're interested in this. And it obviously like drastic change. That's encouraging to hear, especially I've felt a little bit of a disconnect from university lately. So it's nice yeah. to know that if you want it to change, it can. 
Oh, think. absolutely. Yeah. People get down on themselves a lot. They feel like there's no turning back. There's no up from where they are, but that is so wrong. And I think that that's such a limiting attitude and it sucks because everyone goes through that. I feel like at least, at least once in their degree. Um, but yeah, I feel like keep, keep hopeful. You'll definitely get out of whatever slump you might be going through. Okay. Um, going back in time a little bit, I'm wondering about when maybe is a clear first moment where you would have kind of failed to meet your own expectations for something? Hmm, that's a really interesting question. The first moment where I feel like I failed to meet my expectations. Okay. In high school, um, I took AP classes and everything, but I think I was a little overconfident in how easy a university was going to be. Um, I was thinking, well, I took all these AP classes and I did well and I didn't have to put that much effort in. I obviously still worked hard. Like I still, I grinded for a lot of my grades in high school and everything, but I was still expecting it to be like either the same work level or even like slightly less because I felt like, oh, I'm familiar with these concepts. Um, and it was just definitely like a little bit of a shock to my system come first year when I'm doing all of these things that are very different to what I've done before. Obviously, there are some things that I was like, yeah, this is, I'm chill with this. This is really easy. Like I've got this. But there were also a lot of things where I felt overwhelmed and I felt very, I don't know, stuck in this mindset. Like, can I really do this? And I was starting to get kind of down on myself. Um, and then like in my first year, like the beginning of the second semester is when COVID initially hit and everything kind of went online. And it just felt even more discouraging mm -hmm. not being able to like talk to people. And political science is also like by nature of it, it's very collaborative and it has a huge discussion focus. And online kind of took that away for a really long time. Um, so I just felt like I also wasn't getting enough out of it. Yeah. But it was like, it was really hard at the beginning, but we made it out of there and we're here now so it worked okay yeah what are some like feelings that you would associate that with I think like the biggest feeling was kind of disappointment I'm someone who's very hard on themselves I have always had really high expectations for myself and I've set really high goals and for a lot of my life leading up to university I have been able to reach those goals and hit those moments with a lot of work but it wasn't anything that I felt overwhelmed by. And then in university, I was expecting I to be able to put the same amount of effort in and get the same results. And that's just realistically not how it happened. So it was kind of discouraging. And I was starting to get into a mindset that was much more pessimistic than what I'm normally used to. I'm a very optimistic person. So I also felt like I was like, losing parts of myself in first and second year because I'd always been someone who's like yeah I can do this like I'll get over whatever this little momentary da in downhill moment like I'll be able to do it um and then in first and second year I was very like can I really do this like can I get the same grades that I got in high school can I do all of the things that I want to do and still succeed academically so but the thing is like after I kind of got the hang of online and I got the hang of my degree and I started figuring out my own study methods and figuring out what works for me and how I should approach these assignments like I got into a routine and it got way easier and I started like coming back to that like wait a minute I've always been able to do this I don't know why I doubted myself so strongly so it was refreshing coming out of that yeah it sounds like it would be refreshing a lot um 
Is there anything else you can kind of say about the topic of self-doubt? I think it's inevitable. Okay. (laughs) I think that it happens to everyone at some point, at least once. Um, And there's a lot of imposter syndrome in university. Like everyone's kind of, there's a moment where they're like, do I belong here? Do I fit in here? Am I capable enough to do this? But what I've heard from my peers and from mentors of mine, like professors, people that I look up to, is everyone feels that at some point. And that I actually found quite reassuring to know that everyone at some point doubts themselves. Everyone at some point feels like maybe they're not super cut out for whatever it is that they're doing. But I think that's kind of like the beauty of university is you're finding a way to overcome whatever obstacle you're doing and you're getting such a gratifying reward and result at the end of it. And I think that like, it's hard to give advice on this because it feels like I'm just a one track record, but it's not something that's permanent. Like feeling those, that feeling of self-doubt, it can feel quite debilitating sometimes, but I think you get whatever effort you put in So if you just, if you tell yourself, I can't do this, why bother? Then obviously you're not going to get a great material result at the end of that. But if you tell yourself, okay, I'm really struggling with this. I don't know if I can do it. Let me try and let me put in as much effort as I can in this moment. And then when you see something good come out of that, that can really help you and like reset your intentions for your degree. And it helps you come out of it way stronger. Okay. Do you think that can be applied to things other than just your degree? Oh, yeah, with everything. I was also like that, like with my hobbies, like I I mentioned, I did um, cello and soccer when I was a kid, and I just never really tried very much. And there were moments where I was like, gosh, like, this sucks, I could be a lot better. Um, And then I kind of, I don't know, my frontal lobe developed a little more. And I'm like, wait a minute, (laughs) I could just put more effort in. (laughs) So I just started practicing more. And I started to, you know, believe in myself a little bit more and reassure myself that, I can be a lot better and I'm not going to hit like I'm like what seven years old at the time I'm not going to hit like this moment of stagnation where I'll never improve as a person never get better at these things that I'm interested in and I think that actually applies for your whole life like you're never going to hit a moment where you can't continue to grow and you can't continue to improve on something contrary to what some people might say so yeah I think it can be applicable to anything like literally anything okay that's really good to hear I'm wondering how you would define failure right now. That's a tough question. I think failure isn't necessarily that you didn't do as well as you hoped. I think failure is more like you gave up. And not to kind of put salt on the wound of someone who realized that this isn't something that they want to do. They want to move on to other things. I think that that's very different from just deciding that you're not good enough. I think that to me would be failure, like getting to a point of my life where I am no longer believing in myself to the point that I decide to give up on something that I've otherwise been quite passionate about. That would be like the lowest point for me. Like that's what I would consider failure is just telling myself that I can't even improve. Okay. Do you think you've ever felt like that before in your life? Luckily, no. But I don't even think that that's because I'm just this really strong, stoic person. I think it's just because I've had incredible support systems around me for my whole life. And I've had people in my ear and in my back corner telling me, no, you can do this. Like, you're capable. You'll be able to get through this. And having that from my family, my friends, like mentors, it means so much. And sometimes at the time that you're getting that advice, you might not really internalize it. And you might not think that it's 
it's relevant, you might just be like, oh, they're just saying that. It's just words. They don't actually mean that. They're just saying that to be nice. And then, like, maybe later, it could be a day later, a week later, years later. And for me, a lot of that actually hit years later. I was like, wait a minute, they're so right. <laughs> I can do this. Like, this okay. is something that I'm very capable of. So, yeah, like, I don't know. I feel like I've never hit a point where I'm like, no, I, I'm just going to quit. Like, why bother? But that's mainly because I've had people around me telling me that I shouldn't quit and that I can overcome this. I think I have to ask, what advice would you give someone who maybe doesn't have that support system? Disregard how strong of an impact our own thoughts have on our actions. So if you're telling yourself mentally, you can't do this, like, what are you doing? There's Why bother trying? Like, you'll never accomplish what you want to accomplish. Like, you'll never amount to anything. All of that negativity, can you can internalize that even if it might start as like an intrusive thought. And then if you internalize it, then it might make it even harder. But it can work in the opposite way too. Like people tell themselves affirmations. And I think like you get this a lot from people who are like teaching you how to care for yourself. Even just something as it seems inconsequential, but you're just telling yourself daily, I am capable, I'm good, I'm smart, I can do this. Those little things can over time actually like accumulate into a really big shift in perception of what you are capable of doing and I think you have to find as many ways as possible to implement those kinds of positive affirmations in your life if you feel goofy like standing in front of the mirror and saying kind things to yourself you don't have to do it that way you can find other ways of letting yourself know that you can do these things and I think one thing that I've used personally is I am a goal-oriented person I have big goals and then I realize though, like from where I am right now, I might not be able to get to that massive goal tomorrow. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to set much smaller goals for myself along the way and accomplishing those little things and getting those little tasks done gradually sends like a nice little feedback loop to your brain and your brain's like, wait a minute, this is great. I love that I just did this and I love that I just did it well. And if you just keep doing that, progressively like you'll be able to accomplish whatever you want to accomplish and that's another way of like just being positive with yourself and showing yourself hey well I can do this little thing and this big goal really is just a collection of little tasks so that's how I saw it okay that's pretty cool I think it sounds like I think it's nice to talk to yourself with kindness and kind of like think about what you are capable of doing in the moment yeah exactly my next question is how do you approach new things i'm very bold (laughs) i loved i would love to be able to tell you that i like i'll figure out i'll get some instructions or but i really like jumping into things um i just like to get hands-on and try something really quickly Um, and then figure out the nitty-gritty details later. And I know for a lot of people, they can't do it that way, or they feel like that's a waste of time. Like, why try something before I know exactly how to do it? But I don't, my brain just doesn't work that way. I like to be like, I want, for instance, like when I decided to play the cello, I was like, I want to play the cello. So when I got my first cello, um, I just immediately started playing random notes. (laughs) I didn't initially teach myself or like focus on, learning how to read the notes or learning the placements of my fingers on the cello. I was just like, I see people doing this and it sounds so cool. So I'm going to try. And then later through lessons, I refine that. Um, And I feel like that's what I do for most things. If I want to read something that might be like when I was a kid, I'd want to read something that's maybe a little bit over my reading level. 
I would just pick up the book and try. And then if I found like I needed more work, more help, then I would go through and figure out the smaller aspects. But I always approach new things just kind of like head first. Okay, cool. Um, has that ever backfired? Yes. <laughs> it's it's sometimes can be quite a waste of time. Um, because there are certain things like the cello, for example, just going back to that example, I'm not gonna I'm not a prodigy. I'm not gonna be able to pick up a cello one day and then suddenly I'm a virtuoso. Like I had to go back and take lessons and teach myself and have people teach me how to do the thing that I'm trying to do and build that foundation. Um, luckily it's never backfired in a way that was like detrimental, just maybe mildly embarrassing because I might overestimate myself. <laughs> okay. Is there anything that you can say about the topic of embarrassment? Also inevitable and okay. kind of fun. I, I think it's just like the nature of my personality type. I think that embarrassing stories, as much as they might suck in the moment, can always be turned into just that, like a story, um, something fun to share. I also like to break the ice by sharing embarrassing facts about myself or stories. And I think that it works. It makes people super comfortable. And it like I build an environment where people feel like embarrassment is something so like it doesn't matter in the long run, realistically this little moment where you felt like kind of bashful or you felt like you might have humiliated yourself in front of a new group of people, whatever the context may be, like just being able to take that as a learning opportunity and then also realizing like realistically, this is not that big of a deal. And it might actually be something that can be funny. It might be something that can be like worth sharing for other people. Um, and there are moments in my life that I'm embarrassed about that maybe I'm not gonna share super vocally, but I feel like that's just a different kind of embarrassment. But when it comes to little things like, haha, I used to be so bad at the cello, like that's that doesn't matter. No one's gonna hear that and be like, I don't want to talk to you anymore. Like that's not gonna happen. No, so, it's definitely not gonna happen. Yeah, exactly. So just being able to realize that things that you're embarrassed about, realistically, you might be the only person who actually cares. Yeah, that's that's very true. Yeah. Okay. My last question is what would you do if you lost everything? And then everything being whatever kind of holds the most importance to you or whatever you would define everything as? Wow, that's a big question. I wish I could tell you that I would be fine and would just be super resilient and be able to move forward like nothing happened but I know that that's not true um I'm also the kind of person who I like to sit with my feelings a lot and like kind of intellectualize them and is that the word yeah and just kind of um sit and think okay why am I feeling this way what can I do to make it better but if I lost everything, and I think the biggest thing in my life is my family and my friends, um, and there are obviously huge things in my life that I care about, but I feel like that's the biggest thing for me. And if I was to just suddenly like lose all of them, no explanation, no closure, and try and start fresh, that would suck. And I would need probably a lot of time to sit with myself and discover how I can find that comfortability with a new group of people I'm a very extroverted person so if I don't get social interaction I feel quite down and I might feel like I need that to thrive so if I lost everyone in my life that I get 
that joy from, I would need to take a moment to reassess and figure out which next community I can turn to and find a place in that can give me that level of comfortability and connection. But that's like one example. There are so many things in my life that I feel like are really important to me. And if any part of them just sort of fell through suddenly, I don't think that I would be able to just push forward really quickly, like nothing happened. I would definitely need to take time and figure out how I can rebuild that thing. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It sounds like community is very important to you. It is. I think that's like one of the biggest things in my life since I was a kid. Every volunteer initiative, every activity, every extracurricular has always been very like community oriented and has been something that has rooted me in or helped build up community. So I I don't know where I'd be if I didn't have that outlook on life. Mm. I think we are out of time. So thank you so much for talking to me today. And thank you so much for having me. Yeah. And thank you to everyone else for listening.